May 24, 2021. This is the All-American Podcast, and I'm your host, Paul C. Wright. In the last episode of the All-American Podcast, we posed the question, is the United States going to war with Russia over Ukraine? Well, in this podcast, we want to ask the question, what would a war with Russia really look like? And this depends on a couple of things, and the first is whether the war reaches Russian soil or not. If the United States continues to engage in proxy wars against Russia in places like Syria and Ukraine, then we can expect these conflicts to continue as proxy wars with no definitive winner for a few years to come. That's first. But now we have to remember how we got into these proxy wars with Russia. In Ukraine, as I discussed in the last episode of the All-American Podcast, the United States fomented a revolution in Ukraine, the so-called Orange Revolution, in order to break Ukraine away from Russia's sphere of influence and cut Russia off from its only warm water military base, a very strategically important naval base at Sevastopol on the Crimean Peninsula on the Black Sea. This naval base is headquartered is the headquarters of Russia's Black Sea Fleet. The fleet has been based there since the end of World War II, but Russia has been in control of that territory since the 1780s. And that is an important fact that people don't want you to know. They want you to believe that Russia invaded this territory six years ago, seven years ago, and has refused to give it up. But that territory had always been in Russia's control. And you need to look at the history and my last podcast to learn more about that fact. Now, again, they've been in control of that territory in Sevastopol since the 1780s. And by way of comparison, in 1783, which is about when they took control of that land, the United States consisted of only about 18 states. It was 18 states from Maine down to Mississippi. The nation's western border roughly followed the Appalachian Mountains, and then turned west towards Mississippi. But that's a digression. Let's get back to the discussion of the proxy wars. Now, proxy wars in Ukraine will continue, in my estimation, for the indefinite future, unless or until either Ukraine and NATO on one hand decide to launch a major assault on the Donbass breakaway region, which seeks to separate from Ukraine, or, on the other hand, Russia decides to launch a major offensive in order to help those republics break away from Ukraine. If neither side launches a major offensive, look for the proxy wars to continue until the U.S. and Europe are financially and militarily incapable of providing Ukraine with support. And I believe that day may be coming in the next two to four years. At that point in time, a treaty granting the Donbass regions some level of autonomy and self-governance will be agreed to. Now, the other proxy war against Russia is in Syria. That war originally started during, well, I should say due to a plan by the Obama administration to overthrow the Assad-led government using the Islamic State and other recognized terrorist groups that would be armed via a gun-running operation 
that Hillary Clinton as Secretary of State established using the embassy in Benghazi, Libya as cover. We know from released documents on WikiLeaks that this was a weapons trafficking operation that went bad. And the whole point was to send those weapons to the terrorist groups in Syria to overthrow the Assad regime. That's what the mainstream media will never, ever tell you. The embassy in Benghazi would be trafficking weapons that were secured after Obama's destruction of Libya and the murder of his dictator, Muammar Gaddafi. Now, the overthrow of Syria was to be done to pave the way for a pipeline that would transit Syria. Of course, the Syrian government was wise to this and asked their longtime ally, Russia, to help them defeat the insurgency. Russia came in and fully demonstrated that it can successfully prosecute a war against foreign-funded insurgents. Syria remains in conflict, of course, but the government is not going to collapse while Russia is there. As in Ukraine, foreign intervention ramps up in Syria. But look for Syria to stay fully in the fold with Russia. Look for Syria to be around and allied with Russia for the indefinite future. It is my personal belief that the U.S. will succumb to the self-inflicted wounds of economic destruction and military emasculation and will soon be ineffective in prosecuting wars around the globe. So now, if the U.S. and Russia do end up in a major conflict, what would that look like? As I mentioned before, Russia will not accept any foreign military to be successful on its soil and will go nuclear if it appears it will lose a war. With that in mind, Russian military doctrine would have their forces unleash multiple electromagnetic pulse weapons above the United States in order to electronically paralyze the United States and its military. So how would they do this? Well, Russia would likely launch first major cyber attacks to shut down infrastructure and communications operations. Military, industrial, and political targets would likely be the first targets of these cyber attacks. And understand, of course, that the Russians and other national actors have successfully penetrated the networks of our intelligence agencies, industrial facilities, and government agencies from the federal to the state to the local level, and that's a fact. The plan would be to cripple the operations of these institutions to create confusion and paralyze the normal operation of business, political, and military activity. And this would be followed by your EMP, your electromagnetic pulse strike designed to further neuter the military and the economy. Russia, of course, has thousands of intercontinental ballistic missiles and is manufacturing untold numbers of hypersonic missiles capable of reaching speeds of Mach 20, that's 20 times the speed of sound, designed to unleash high-altitude EMP weapons which would crash our electric grid and render military equipment completely 
useless. According to former senior Defense Department official Dr. Mark Schneider and other senior Defense Department officials, America has no defense against these weapons. None. So phase one would be the cyber attack and unleashing these high-altitude EMP weapons, which would knock out electricity across our country, potentially for years. That's right. Years. Now, imagine that no one in the country has electricity. Not the government, not the military, not the hospitals, not farmers and agricultural production facilities, not you, your business, your family, or anyone you know. How long do you think you could survive in a situation like that? Are you prepared to survive for what could be a year or two or more in a situation where there is zero electricity. Now, in addition to the MP strike, Russia would launch a nuclear attack on key military targets, important military bases, munitions manufacturing plants, and transportation hubs for rail and sea would all be attacked. And in addition to their nuclear intercontinental ballistic missiles, let us recall that Russia also has created an automatic drone torpedo with a nuclear weapon on the end of it that could wipe out any major naval base in America. It should be clear to anyone, by the way, that Russia does not intend nor would they need to land army brigades on American soil in order to prosecute a conventional war. That is not a war they could win on our soil. And I'm pretty sure Russia knows that. Russia can land forces if it needs to, after the fact, alongside an opportunistic China, in my view. Now, none of this is to say that the United States wouldn't retaliate in kind and destroy huge swaths of Russia, its infrastructure and military hardware. But know this, Russia is far more prepared than the United States for a nuclear war. It has shelters for millions of people and has an autonomous nuclear weapons launch system known as the Dead Hand. That system will ensure that if activated and if its military or political leadership is taken out, or if certain military assets are taken out, that system will automatically launch nuclear missiles into Europe and the United States without any human order or intervention whatsoever. The process is entirely automated. Now, I've mentioned this before, of course, a war with Russia would be absolutely crazy because the Russians have incorporated nuclear first strike into their military doctrine and no one wins a nuclear war. Do we really need to go there? And with that, I'll leave you with your quote of the day, and it comes from the so former Soviet leader Nikita Khrushchev. The survivors of a nuclear war would envy the dead. Thank you, and good night.